there in podcast land and welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving don't forget to follow me on facebook at caregiving is a ministry all one word we are still on our discovery of goodness and today we will be looking in the book of luke the sixth chapter and the 45th verse the new american standard bible reads the good person out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good and the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart the message reads and i think the message starts at like 44 43 it says you don't get wormy apples off a healthy tree nor good apples off a diseased tree the health of the apple tells the health of the tree You must begin with your own life-giving lives. It's who you are, not what you say and do, that counts. Your true being brims over into true words and deeds. Wow, to me, Luke just puts it out there and lays it out there for us, don't you think? I don't even know if we can really interrogate this verse any further, but because it's pretty simple, but um, let's try. So starting out the gate, we can't do good if there isn't good in your heart pretty basic this scripture to me works hand in hand with um, the scriptures found in proverbs 4 and the 23rd verse which reads keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life and then um, the also the scripture in matthew the 12th chapter and the 34th verse where jesus is chastising the um, pharisees saying you brood of vipers how can you speak good things when you are evil for out of the for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks the way we speak and the things we do are the windows into our hearts did you know that I mean, when you really think about it, fundamentally, it does make sense, don't you think? For our heart kind of holds the essence of who we are, and our mouth is the spoke, is the mouthpiece, so to speak. I'm not using mouth, but <laughs> it's the sounding board, and it gives an indication of what is inside the heart. But when we look at it from a personal level, I think we try to make excuses or we dismiss our behavior, the words that we say. Don't you think? I think Luke was pretty fed up with the early believers. He was observing their behaviors and their words. And based on this scripture, they were coming up short. But if Luke were to look at the church today, do you think he'd still write this scripture? The same verse? Absolutely he would. Because see, I believe that the body of Christ, we have yet to reconcile our heart and Holy Spirit you know, our hearts with the Holy Spirit. And the result are lukewarm Christians or double-minded Christians. People who say one thing, profess to have a relationship with Christ, but their actions are totally in contradiction to that. And I have an example to give you. When I was stationed in Philadelphia, I had to go on a deployment. It was for six months I was going to Kuwait. And I needed to find someone to take care of my cat. And uh, 
I was looking for someone to take care of my cat. I didn't want to, you know, have her in a kennel for six months. That's a lot of money. And so I didn't know if there was someone that I could, you know, who could take her in or, or was someone going to come and stay in my town home. I just didn't know. So I prayed on it as I do about everything. One day at church, this lady who I had met before, but really wasn't that close to, you know, we had just spoken. I think we had been at an event together and, you know, chit-chatted. She comes up to me and she says this, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that I need a place to stay. Wow, right? (laughs) I was astonished. And I said, hmm, I said, that's interesting because I may be looking for someone to house and cat sit are you allergic to cats? And she was like, no, I'm not. And so we made plans that we would have um, dinner in a couple of days so we could discuss it. Because if, if my memory serves me correctly, I think I had to leave within the month. And um, so I didn't have that much time. And uh, I prayed on it again and we went to, to dinner. And I said, well, you know, Lord, if this isn't you, I need you to bring someone else in because right now I don't, I don't see any alternative. And so this woman came to live in my townhome. Now, I'm extremely nervous because I don't know this woman and she's literally has the key to my house. And uh, she came in, she seemed nice, and I had a little contract waiting for her. And what we had agreed upon was that um, the only thing that she'd have to pay while she was there was, you know, her, um, the electricity bill of, for the electricity, of course, that she used and the water other than that she was going she was free to live there rent free I can't remember why she was in between jobs but you know she was in between between jobs um and I told her I said I'm extremely nervous because I don't know you and I'm leaving you my home and she goes I'm extremely nervous because I really don't know you real well and so we both admitted that we were nervous but we both you know confessed that we were Christians and what she told me was that she was dripping with Jesus. She goes, you don't understand. I'm in love with Jesus. So you don't have to worry about me. And I was like, okay. I went off and what I had agreed to is that even though she was going to pay for the elect- her, the electricity that she used and the water that she used, I would continue to pay the bill myself. I would just send her a monthly email to let her know what her consumption was and the the amount so that she could tally up. Six months into my deployment, the Holy Spirit just told me she's not going to pay her portion of the bill. I would send her the emails and she would send back something really crazy, you know, versus, okay, thank you, got it. I have a job. I don't have a job. It was just nonsense. And so I knew six months in she wasn't going to pay. When, it's time, when it was time for me to come back, you know, I told her this was the sum of what she had to pay. And she basically said, I don't even understand why I have to pay that. What you had me sign, I signed under duress and all this yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, got it. At this time, I'm praying to the Lord, please just let Sinise be okay <laughs> and my house okay. I came back from my deployment. And God arranged it that she found someplace else to stay before I got there. And in her email, she said she found a true Christian to stay with. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, that lady has no idea what she's getting into. And so when I came back to my town home, she wasn't there. And, uh, you know, my cat is looking at me as if to say, don't you ever leave me with her again. 
but everything was intact. And so we made arrangements for me to get the key from her. And there was something in the house. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't a coffee pot, but it was something that I know that she liked that I didn't need. And so I brought that to her. And we met at a neutral site at this other church that we went to. And I handed it over and she gave me the keys. And she said, you know, I just don't think it's right that I, I, have to, I had to pay that. I shouldn't have to have paid for my electricity. And I said, no one lives any place for free. I said, but I'm not here to have an argument with you because ultimately our money belongs to God. And so you can answer to him for what you have or have not paid. Right. So that's my story. So in looking at her example, someone who is sold out for Jesus, who's in love with Jesus, but yet is unwilling to pay their portion of the bill. Her words demonstrated really what was in her heart her actions demonstrated what were in her heart what was in her heart her words said one thing but her actions said something completely different and so what are people left to believe with someone who says oh I'm sold out for Jesus but then turns around and skates on the bill that's not what we're supposed to be known for and in looking at that example something wasn't right in her heart Somehow she has misconstrued what being a Christian is about and how we are to be fair in our dealings. Remember that? Remember we studied that under kindness. We as children of the living God are to be consistent in our walk and representation of Christ here on the earth. Granted, we are in constant state of growth, or at least I think we are, but there still should be a level of consistency. Our yes should be our yes, our no should be our no's. In my mind, when people hear the word Christian, they should be, especially employers, oh, those are the people I want to hire, because I know I can count on them to be on time, to be people of integrity, people of peace, and people who are going to be efficient and do the best job that they can do. Yet, is that the reputation that we as Christians have here in the world and in the workplace? No. We look like the world, we steal pencils, because I've done it. Of course, that's when I was a babe Christian. I don't do any more, you know, taking stuff, <laughs> office supplies and all that other kind of stuff, thinking you're sticking it to the man or some craziness like that. That's not who we're supposed to be as Christians. Our actions, and in actions I'm also including words, they matter. They make a statement as to who we are. Are we the people who always have to be right? Are we argumentative? Are we envious, petty, anger? You fill in the blank. Or are we the children who walk in love, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness? Hmm? We will not be able to do anything until we acknowledge that we have a problem. And I think people... um, who are in Alcoholics Anonymous AA, they, the first step that they have to do is to admit that they have an alcohol problem. And we as Christians, unbelievers, I guess, when we come to Christ, that's the first thing that we do, right? We come to Christ and we acknowledge that we have a problem and it is called sin. And we, can, we acknowledge that he's the only person who can help us with that and then we confess our sins. Then we are filled with the spirit that helps us grow out of our past into a new self, the new man that Paul often refers to. And that's that constant state of growth. Today is your day to take inventory 
of who you are as a follower of Christ? Do your actions line up with the relationship you say you have with Christ? If not, look at the things that you're filling your heart with. (laughs) You may have to go and let go of some soap operas, some music, certain movies, and even some people who may be in your life who are not in alignment with what God has for you. We know that there are seasons and sometimes God allows people to come in our lives just for a season. And then there are wonderful people that God brings into our lives to stay a lifetime. You need to do an assessment because we've just learned that if your heart is good, you will be able to do good. So examine yourself today and ensure that you're filling yourself with godly good so that you can do God's good here on the earth. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this strong, strong scripture that forces us to look at who we are and who we say that we are in you. Forces us to maybe confess that we aren't doing things that are pleasing to you, things that will be edifying to the people around us, things that will bring glory to your name. For we want our heart to be filled with treasures that are good, so that our actions will be good, so that the words that we speak will be good. And we don't want to do that so we get the glory. We want to do it so that you get the glory, because you deserve the glory. So we come confessing that we need you this day. Help us to empty out the crud, or to allow you to empty out the crud that is in our lives, and then to give us wisdom and discernment as to what to fill it with. Help us to seek your face and to read your word and to internalize it, that we are known as people who do your word. I ask that you watch over everyone who is listening to this podcast, that you touch their hearts in a particular way, the husbands, the wives, the sons, the daughters, people who are caring for loved ones. Help them to realize that their actions matter and that their words matter. And then bring people into their lives that encourage them, that give them support, that allow them to feel loved. And when you do that, help them to recognize that it's you who's sending the person there. We love you, Lord, and we praise your name. Help us to do good here on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray, with the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Now go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.